Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast. I'm uh, on the phone with Steve Pilchin, a.k.a. the Round Guy. We're going to get you updated on what's going on the rest of the week. How's it going, Steve? So far, so good. I'm always eager to talk to Mrs. Johnson's favorite son. <laughs> well, my brother's not available. But, what's uh, that? My brother's not available. Well, uh, that narrows it down then. <laughs> Uh, I'm in the top two. You are Mrs. Johnson's favorite son. Yeah, so uh, we got a whole lot going on. Uh, But let's talk a little about the World Series. Did you enjoy that, Steve? Well, I enjoyed the outcome. I'm not a fan of the National League. Uh, I'm not a fan that uh, much of the Astros uh, because. You know, they're a talented ball club, and, and it's frustrating that back in the day there, a year or two ago, they cheated. You know, I think they're good enough. They didn't need to cheat. But it's uh, I kind of left a, a sour taste in, in people's mouths uh, because of that. And then the other, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon and all that, there's kind of a six degrees uh, uh, with me and the uh, Braves. A good friend of mine played, uh, played minor league ball with Brian Snitker, and they're good friends. So it was kind of easy because of my friendship with my buddy, who's friends with Snitker. Uh, I kind of, I kind of threw my allegiance to the Braves, and and they hadn't won this thing in quite a while, and uh, they're a talented bunch. Uh, you know something that that was uh, interesting about this World Series with the Braves and the Astros, and I I didn't watch every game from start to finish, so I'm sure at some point uh, the announcers alluded to this, uh, but uh, I don't know to what extent. But the uh, hitting coach for the Astros was a young fellow by the name of Troy Snitker, who happens to be uh, manager of the Braves, Brian Snitker's son. Did you know that, David? Well, you told me. No, I, I didn't know that until you told me yesterday. Yeah. Now, I think that's, like I said, I, I, I'm sure the announcers alluded to that, kind of let everybody in on it, but I'm sure it happened when when there were games being played I didn't particularly watch. And I, I didn't, as I said, watch all the games start to finish but but uh i thought that was an interesting uh, take on it that that the uh, manager of the braves son was the hitting coach for the astros so uh an interesting i don't know if that's happened before you know where that's uh kind of nepotism took place but it was interesting to uh to know that so uh, yeah, I was not unhappy with the fact that the Braves won. I like this Freddie Freeman kid. I, I've seen some stories on him and his family and everything. He seems like a likable fellow. And and so uh, it was too bad they, they weren't able to clinch it, you know, in Atlanta. Uh, and they had to do it on the road. But at the same time, if they had clinched it at home, there's no telling how the Braves fans, you know, that ballpark might have been just torn down. <laughs> you know, they have a tendency to do that now. I hope that that uh, didn't happen and that there were no 
disruptions in the city of Atlanta. I haven't heard of any, so I'm I'm optimistic. You know, you get some of these Super Bowl wins or World Series wins, and they they decide the only way to celebrate is to burn the town down. Right? You familiar with that? I was uh, one time. I was about fifteen or fourteen. And I, I had a chance to skip school and go see the Cardinals play. And they clinched the division uh, against the Phillies. Walking Andrew Hart was there. He struck out Mike Smith. It was really exciting. And we even think Pete Rose might even played in that game. But uh, I just remember walking back to the car. People were flipping cars over. And, I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. Just the madness of – and that was, that was just clinching the division, not uh, the World Series. Right. I, you know, the only thing uh, that I can relate uh, close to that was I happened to be at Metropolitan Stadium in Minneapolis when the Minnesota Twins played the last game there. They were they oh. were uh, getting ready and they built that uh, dome stadium, right? Yeah. So I was at the at the very last game at uh, the Met. They called it, and and people were. Just, it was like they won the World Series. Everybody ran onto the field and they were grabbing bases and pulling up sod and and just trying to, you know, take something in the way, I guess, of a memento home with them. And they had all of these police mounted on horses and they were trying to bring some civility back to the you know and, and they were i watched this cop on a horse just just started clubbing this guy who was trying to tear up some sod and i was i was just standing there watching all of that i didn't get into any of it but i just watched it and i was amazed and like you with the cardinals it wasn't you know one that they won the world series and the twins were bad enough here they weren't winning anything it was just the last game it was ever going to be played at this ballpark and people were going absolutely crazy i was just amazed by that but uh no yeah i was i was uh, happy to see the uh braves win the world series i wonder you know it'd be interesting just to be the fly on the wall inside of uh uh brian snitker's house this Thanksgiving, when <laughs> when the families are together and Brian and and uh, Troy are trying to talk about the World Series and and uh, you know and, and what their thoughts are on it or how how uh, uh, how they would get in. I've often thought of this with with uh, you know Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. and Barry Bonds and. And Bobby Bonds, although he's passed, but you know these father-son uh, uh, situations, right? With uh, Archie Gr- uh, uh, Manning with Peyton and Eli when they're sitting around the table at Thanksgiving, and and they're discussing their careers, and many times the son, the son of the father who was the professional athlete, had careers better than their dads. And I've often thought, what, I wonder what they talk about and whether or not they get into uh, any kind of an argument, um, you know, about it. You know, because at the Manning house, you know, Peyton, 
and, and Eli, both their careers in the professional football league were, were uh, better than their dads. Although their father can say, yeah, well, at least you know, you, neither one of you won the Heisman. You know? yeah. uh, I would rather see their dad play. He was awesome. Yeah, but he didn't make the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, right? he... He made, I think he made the College Hall of Fame, but not uh, he's not in Canton, I don't believe. He so. was sure fun to watch, though. Yeah, and as I said, I think it would be fun to, to, to hear those kind of conversations between fathers and sons that, that played professionally. It'd be kind of interesting. Well, maybe the moms and the wives have to wear referee uh, shirts. Well, and they have to keep the liquor cabinet locked up, probably, because <laughs> that's when those, you know, that's when those, like, at least in my house, that's what happened. That liquor cabinet, uh, you know, and, and and the argument usually starts with, "Let me tell you what your problem is." We can all look forward to those this Thanksgiving and Christmas. Does that happen at your house? Oh. I don't know. I, I'm so busy eating turkey that I don't really even talk to anybody. Well, I can see that. I can just, I can just turkey imagine and that. Turkey pie Dave. and stuffing. Dave, oh. you never missed a meal. Not, not if I can help it. You got it. I'm with you. I sure like. I love Thanksgiving. It's great. Uh, oh, the uh, Jorge Soler was the MVP. He's my favorite player. A lot of people don't understand it, but I think maybe. They're starting to see what I see in the guy. Well, you you're a big Royals fan, and that's where he came from. So I can see where you're, you know, you're a big fan of his. Well, this is his second World Series ring. He got one with the Chicago Cubs, who drafted him, and uh, that's where I saw him play in Des Moines. And I thought, wow, I thought he had a massive arm, and I never seen anybody hit the ball harder. He hits the ball harder than anyone in baseball. Well, he he, he did uh, the other night. He hit one out of the uh, Astrodome. There. I've seen it. It reminded me of that Albert Pujols home run that he hit there. Yeah, they showed that one. Yeah. Uh, but they, they said the uh, the dome was covered, and so Pujols didn't go out of the ballpark, whereas the roof was open the other night, and Solaire's did make it out outside the stadium. Well, he hits the ball so hard. I mean, even that one that was just left field, it got out like a everything he hits is a missile. I mean, it just, yeah. it just by the blink of an eye, it's out of the ballpark, and the outfielders don't even have hardly a chance to adjust on it, you know. Uh, or even hits a ground ball, it about kills you. You know what I mean? Third basemen, they just try to dive out of the way when he hits it their way because it's just smashed. But, yeah, I mean, I, I fought when they, when they traded for uh, Soler, I kind of started following the Braves, and, I just didn't see there's any way they could be beat. They just seemed like a team that just no one could stop them. And uh, Max Fried finally got a good good uh, pitching performance, and I knew if he did, there wasn't no way they could beat him, and they didn't. And you can check out the pregame coverage. I predicted the Braves. But anyway, uh, uh, let's talk about Kelowna. Kelowna, Iowa. You a little bet. bit of heaven right here on Earth. It's the city of the week. We have the – most followers left to, on the list come coming from Kelowna, which makes sense since they're the sister city with Wellman. Uh, and they are laying out the red carpet for you tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, of course, 
you know, the chance to spend some time with you is priceless. Well, that is. And I never overlooked a chance to do that. But the, uh, the one thing I know about Kelowna is uh, every time uh, I have some friends that, that uh, used to have season tickets up there in Iowa City, and every football game that we went to up there, they were kind enough to drag me along uh, a few times. But the, the routine was to stop in Kelowna and get some cheese on our way to the uh, Hawkeye football game. And so I hope that that's part of our tour tomorrow, is that we are able to stop in Kelowna there and at the uh, cheese house and get some cheese curds. That is on the list. That is on the list. We're going to see the stockyard where they sell the, the, the workhorses that they do there. And so uh, we're going to see the districts and see the Amish stores. And they're going to feed us and take us to the historical society. It's just a whirlwind tour uh, of Kelowna. I'm, I'm uh, excited about that because, like I said, I, I'm not as familiar with the entire town as I am that one stretch of road that, that takes us up towards the, the cheese factory there. And, and now and then passing a, a, a buggy of Amish folks and seeing that, uh, it's always appeared to me to be a nice, clean uh, looking town. And, and this will be a chance for me to uh, explore the rest of the city. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll, we'll get a chance to do that tomorrow. Um, but tonight, Scotty Melvin and I are going to go to the uh, playoff game, Waco, uh, Audubon, traveling three and a half hours to come down and play this game on a Thursday night. We're going to get a call you, and uh, you can start our tailgate party. Okay. Now, Waco is uh, – we visited with the coach from there. Yeah, Coach we? Edeker. We, we did. We talked to Coach Edeker, and then uh, they won uh, 50 – to eight in the uh, second round of the playoffs. They just barely made you it. You know, that, that, and that certainly uh, is good news because didn't we talk to him about uh, the game ahead of that was decided by a field goal at the last minute? Yeah, with eight seconds left. Yeah, it, that's, uh, and I said to him, I said, gosh, I, I can't take these close games <laughs> like that. And then it was as if that uh, changed because I was watching the news uh, Friday night of, of that, of that uh, weekend's games, and there were very few close ones. There was, uh, there were, it seemed like, you know, for playoff games, there was just a lot of, of really uh, big scores uh, against teams. You know, these, you know, were like 48 to 10 or, you know, 50 to to you know, 17, and they look like blowouts uh, as yeah. far as the scores go. You know, Some I, of those games for playoff to... games, you don't expect, you know, you don't expect that, but yet that seems to be, uh, at least that particular weekend, it seemed like that was what was uh, was going on, was there big scores uh, in these playoff games. What well, do you anticipate the score be tonight then, Coach? Well, I, I, I tell you, uh, we're just down to the Elite Eight right now, so – I mean, there's a, it's eight-man football, which I really haven't seen before. Um, Waco's defense is – I think Waco's going to win, and I don't know – they seem to be able to win blowouts, and they seem to be able to win 
defensive games and they seem to be able to win games on special teams and they'll find a way to win this one, but I can't give you a, a, a prediction of the score. Well, that's why Vegas is a very elaborate city because it's, uh, you can't, you cannot gauge who's going to win really. You can't go with the odds all the time. And, and I've said all along, uh, and once we start talking about the Hawkeyes here, we'll mention this too, because they're playing Minnesota on Saturday, and that always scares me. Because my belief is that on any given day, any given team, whether they're favored or not, but uh, they can they can win the game. And and if you look at every football team anywhere, regardless of what level, you're going to look over their schedule. And you were going to think to yourself that if they're going to lose some games that you think they shouldn't, and they're going to win some games that, you know, the uh, observe, the casual observer would think uh, they couldn't win. And that's always been the case. Am I right? Tell me I'm right, David. You're, you're right. Uh well, we're going to talk about the Floyd and Rosedale. I got one more question about the Waco thing. Uh, Waco's at home. And uh, if they win this, they go to the uh, Unidome to play. So how do you think the home field advantage is going to play out in this game? You know, I always think that that's, uh, you know, a, uh, a distinct advantage. When your ball club is dressing in the locker room, you've always dressed in and you're familiar with your fan base and they always have an opportunity to be there. Uh, you're just more comfortable playing it at home. And, and so uh, I think that's the reason the home field advantage allows these, these gaming people and people that bet uh, and gamble and what have you that, that they uh, suggest that the home field advantage allow for just a little bit of an edge. And uh, I, I know for me when, you know, I played uh, in high school football, that's going back a ways, but uh, uh, baseball in particular, because that's what I played mostly, but you're at your home ballpark, you know, you just feel a little bit better. So I give that edge to Waco. The fact that Coach spoke with us uh, and we brought him some luck, I, I give him an edge there. Uh, I just look for uh, Waco to prevail, and I hope I get to uh, see him on TV here at the Unidome. We got any advice for me to stay warm tonight? It's going to get going to start out about fifty and get down to into the thirties. Uh oh. Well, dress warm, Dave. I don't want you catching a cold. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna put on some layers. All right, Floyd of Rosedale. Tell me all about what you think about this. Well, I think he's currently residing in Iowa City, but that trophy has gone back and forth, back and forth. And and when I spoke to a moment ago about looking over the schedule at the beginning of the season, and and everybody does it, even though there are coaches and players that uh, claim they don't. I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, I would look over Iowa's schedule, and while on paper you would think uh, Minnesota would be a team we could beat, 
uh, in my history of when I was going to school at Iowa, when I worked at Iowa, uh, Minnesota could come down here and and give Iowa uh, an upset. So I'm always afraid of Minnesota. I'm always afraid that Floyd is going to make the journey to Minneapolis. Uh, but uh, on paper, Iowa should beat Minnesota. But Minnesota's been playing well lately, and given that they've got a, a kind of hex on the Hawkeyes uh, and, and end up usually beating them when you think Iowa's going to win, uh, you know, I am certainly I am looking at this game Saturday with a tad bit of trepidation. Well, everybody, everybody looks at a schedule and they put an X on this. You put an X on this since the first time we talked about Iowa Hawkeyes yeah, football this yeah, year. I'm just scared. I'm scared of, of uh, Minnesota. Well, I'm scared of them, buddy, and I and I'm always scared of Purdue. Seems to have that kind of uh, uh, hex on the Hawkeyes. The premonition was coming through pretty good there. So let's yeah, see. They, they mentioned it, uh, and, and Purdue beat us here a couple of weeks ago. So well, I'm worried about the Gophers. Let's go back to the uh, let's go to the Cyclones. We can wrap this up. Uh, they got Texas Tech this week. It looks like they're on the road. Oh, they got they got Texas. And it's a six thirty Saturday night at home, so uh, you know it was disappointing to lose that game last week, wasn't it? Well, I believe it was a game Iowa State should have won. Uh, you know, and I, I, I rarely blame the officials uh, for any kind of a loss because it, you know it's, a game should never come down to a loss where you think the officials made a call or two against you. And, and if uh, Iowa State hadn't made some mistakes, you know, uh, I just think they should have won uh, because that's, that's one of those games where I think, I think Iowa State was a better team, right? Uh, and they made some mistake made some mistakes, some calls may have gone against them, but they should have played well enough to where they should have won that game by a couple of touchdowns, and so any kind of a controversial call wouldn't have mattered to them. See, so, uh, but I like, uh, and, and here's how I look at it. When a team loses a game like that, uh, their coaches have to work a little harder that next week to get them revved up for their next opponent. And I would always believe that a team that takes a loss like that, that they shouldn't have had, that they get more fired up, they get a little anger in there, they get a little frustration, and they decide, you know, we're going to take it out in this next team. And that's what I hope is going on in Ames uh, this last week where they're just – uh, upset about having lost that ball game and are going to just be that much more determined and hungry and they're going to take it out on Texas this uh, this Saturday night. Well, that's good to know. Well, you got anything else before we wrap it up? We're getting close on time here. Oh, all right. Well, I, 
I'm looking forward to seeing the game Saturday. I wish Iowa and Iowa State well. I'm looking forward to being in Kelowna with you tomorrow and uh, taking a tour of the city. And and I'm uh, looking forward to getting some cheese. Yeah. Buddy. it's, it's gonna be it's cheese. gonna be fun. Want some Kelowna cheese? All right. Well, this has been another episode of Round Guy the Podcast. Thanks for listening. And.